Hey everyone, it's Kobe. And it's Kyle. And we're back with another episode of the Healing Circle Podcast. We're talking about sex, guys. Sex. sex. You said it you said it right the first time. Sex. We're talking about sex. Oh god, it makes me feel so I'm gross. really excited about this. I'm excited that that's the cool thing about having your own platform is you can talk about what you want to talk about. Say what I want to say. <laughs> say I do what I'm I want to do. I'm a grown A man. Correct. Right. Um we are a millennial couple, if you don't know that yeah. already. Hopefully, we're both twenty-seven. I feel a lot older. I think he be, uh, he's ma- like, man, I'm just so much older than you. I'm like, you're four months older. than I'm, you I'm definitely the more <laughs> mature of us. Wow, not the hard team. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's how you know if you're mature or not. Um, but we're yeah, we're young. We're you know, we yeah. are squarely within the millennial generation. And yet. If we were being completely transparent, we felt like the issues that we dealt with in our marriage regarding sex made us so abnormal. Yeah. So just like, like what's wrong with us? <laughs> you walk around at work like, can people tell? Right. Like they're, they're looking at me like, do they know that sex isn't like super fun right now or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or that it's difficult or, you know, there's so many things. But that we found as we found... Um, deep and abiding relationship with other couples who are willing to be honest and open and vulnerable, we found a lot of the things we dealt with are pretty normal. Yeah, very, very typical. To and the what, point where if you're not dealing with some of the things we dealt with, at least a few of them, it's almost like, are you lying? lying? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody that's not dealing with some of these. Yeah, and and the reality is, We're learning every single day as we do life as authentic human beings and not as these reflections of these societal standards that what we've been taught in media, what we've been taught in church. In the the church house. In the church house. What we've been taught about sex is not real. Yeah. It's just, it's not even like, oh, like, I just don't agree with it. I know. It's just genuinely not real. Real. Yeah, it's a lot of characterizations of extremes and and ignoring norms and trying to make some things that aren't spiritual spiritual and make other things that are certainly spiritual and emotional physical. Speak. (laughs) Yeah. The the emphasis is being put on the wrong parts of the relationship often. Yeah, and it can be it can be heartbreaking to experience um, disappointment in sex. Yeah. It can make you feel shame like you've never felt it before. It can make you feel estranged from your partner. Mm-hmm. It can make you feel estranged from God. Mm-hmm. If you've listened to the first podcast that Kyle was on with the Healing Circle podcast, um, we talk about navigating the desert in our relationship and how freaking difficult it was, how um, getting married, I had not been um, a virgin. Kyle was... Um, we got married while, you know, honoring and accomplishing um, abstinence. It was the desert for real, y'all. It was dry. You know, it was a dry <laughs> um, season. Not perfect abstinence, but abstinence. And, yeah, for sure. And um, we got married and everyone was like, it's going to be great. It's going to be bomb. He's going to bust it wide open. Bap, bap, bap. It's like, yeah. it's going to be Get fantastic. Get your stretches in before you go. Yeah, you drink know? your water. Make sure you got a Gatorade at the nightstand. It was like all, it, like we were hyped up. And then I bled for, like, 40-ish days, right? Yeah. I bled for, like, 40-ish days. There was nothing but arguments and high fives on our honeymoon. Yeah, and it was, like, it, it, was, it was, I felt embarrassed. I felt like, what's, 
what's wrong with me? I never heard of a stress period. Stress periods happen, ladies, unfortunately. We're going to have some swift words with Eve <laughs> when we all get to heaven. Yeah. Uh, what a day of yoking up Eve it will be. Because yeah. Adam probably needs it first, but definitely facts. she's second Big in line facts. for sure. <laughs> Big facts. Um, but yeah, like I, there was so much shame, right? And like no one ever told me that experiencing depression and anxiety would would affect the way that my body desired touch. Mm. No one told me it would affect getting real here, y'all. No one told me it would affect what an orgasm felt like. No yeah. one told me it affect whether I had one or not. Right? Everyone had made sex into this thing that it's like, if you do it, these are the things that you automatically, absolutely, without a doubt, will accomplish. <laughs> right? And like, yeah. it, that wasn't my reality. And then I found, you know, a couple of women who were also married and was were, was able to talk to them about it and talk about, like, sometimes I just don't want to. Like, sometimes I'm just sad. And sometimes I just, I genuinely just want to go to sleep and, and not be touched by another human being, you mm-hmm. know? Um and I felt wrong for that, right? Because you're burning with passion before you're married, you know. It's better than married to be burned. And, and, then and, sometimes you get married and you're like, nah, I'll go right out. to hell. Yeah, stop. <laughs> I'm cool. And and it's um yeah, it was hard. It was it was hard. But then also the reality is like no one taught me, taught us, teaches people who are believers, um, I think the fullness of God's design in our sexuality. And what I mean by that is God designed you to be sexual. Yeah. Literally, if God wanted only for sexual desire to be a part of your experience after you got married, he would design the body that way. Now, I'm not talking about having sex before marriage. It's our personal belief to wait. If you believe differently, we feel no type of way about it. What I am talking about is no one ever talks about the fact that how do you know you want to marry someone? Well, because you feel um, mutual emotional affection, but you also feel sexual desire. Yeah. And that feeling sexual desire for someone you're going to spend your entire life with is healthy. Yep. It's normal. Yep. yep it yep. is part of how your body is designed to know who you are longing to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. Right? But then what happens when people are shamed about their, especially women, are shamed about their sexual desire again and again and again and again when they're in intimate relationships outside of marriage, Mm -hmm. when they're in engagements, when they're in courtship. Mm -hmm. You think I'm going to just easily bust it wide open for you Mm -hmm. on day one? After I've literally been brainwashed to think that my body's response is sinful. Yeah. And, and vice versa, as much as it's not talked about. Yeah. Um, I I have many friends who have been on the other, the stereotypical other end of the spectrum of like, I've been not having sex for so long. Like, I don't even know how to like engage with this. And I feel like less of a man because... I'm supposed to go in there like King Kong and and tear the bed the bed frame up and it's like I kind of just want to talk about how the how the wedding went and you know what we're feeling and and process and it's yeah. like but there's no space to do that like that's yeah. not As right you know there's there's something wrong with that and then beyond that there's the reality that for 99% of human beings especially in America 
um, there's a whole construct around sections and sexuality prior to marriage. Yeah. That that creates its own framework that it's very, very, very difficult to not bring into marriage. Even when you have relationships with other people, very often people, they create the framework of what marriage intimacy is supposed to be like based off of the intimacy they've had prior to marriage, if they've had it. Yeah. Except, almost across the board, people tend to agree it's pretty different. Yeah, it's different. Not because it's physically different. It's It's still, you know, still parts going into parts. Yeah. But emotionally, yeah, there's a, there's a there's a functional, real life difference that yeah. affects those parts differently than they ever did when you were dating somebody in high school or whatever. Yep, and a lot of what we want to cover overall is the reality that when you get married or when you develop an intimate relationship with someone outside of marriage, dating, courtship, whatever you want to call it, um, there are changes that happen. There's a give and take. There's a tug of war. There's a push and pull happening that push and pull always affects our mental health right it always affects how we feel about others how we feel about ourselves how we cope with the world around us and that includes our body like we i and this is what frustrates me sometimes about like the christian the the what i call like the I don't even know how to explain American Christian culture. I'm not sure. A cookie cutter Christian culture. <laughs> the fake Christian culture is what I can just call it authentically. Is this idea that like our bodies are not a part of who we are. It's like, oh, your body is your temple. But somehow this argument is not going to affect how my body interacts with you. Mm-hmm. Like, what? <laughs> you know, like, and it's like, and if you, if you say like, oh, I just like talk about how your body's affected. It's like, oh, it's new ageism. It's spiritualism. <laughs> it's, it's, the, and it's like, no heartbreak makes you not want to hug somebody sometimes. Yeah. Heartbreaks makes you not want to get out of bed. And we can talk about the physical manifestations of change and of intimacy and of the death that comes. Right. If you ascribe to a biblical view when you are called to be in a relationship, you are meant to mimic the dying of Jesus Christ yeah. for somebody else. How does that affect <laughs> you letting them into the most intimate parts of your body when you may feel let down by them mm-hmm. or you may feel frustrated or you just may feel uncomfortable, like uncomfortable yeah. in the way that this is new, this is vulnerable, right? Um, it, there's also the reality, at least for Christians, again, if God has purview um, and can bring trials in your life, like which every Christian believes, like there may be moments where God sends storms yeah. and sends trials and sends things or allows things to happen that really fundamentally test and challenge your way of believing who he is and what he's doing. Like then it follows that he can do that with your sex life yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. it's maybe even likely that yeah. God may allow things or may um, let your sex life also be a way in which your faith is tested, which yeah. is not something we ever talk about. Whoa. It's like, oh, well, you did the right things as a Christian. Your sex life is like off limits from the oh enemy and it's off limits yes. for God, too. Oh, but my that's gosh. Not, that's not biblically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> but also, meet, meet some married Christians and you'll recognize, like, if anything, I feel like God, God was like, oh, man, I have the perfect vehicle to help you realize how broken you are. Yeah. Let me uh let me flip this sex upside down in ways that you didn't expect. Yeah. Like, yeah, you thought this was going to be perfect. Let me make this a little imperfect and see how much of your identity you had riding on this yeah. your whole life. Especially yeah. for me as a man. How much yeah. of my identity was just like, bro, it don't matter. You can cut off my foot. 
I like you know like I could lose all this all this money or whatever. There's a way that I was raised to believe, not explicitly but implicitly, that like my value as a man is in providing and in providing sexual satisfaction. Like yeah. providing resources and sexual satisfaction. And yeah. outside of that, it's like you got those two things you good. What you good for? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And it is interesting to think about your I would love to hear your perspective as someone who got married as a virgin. And for me, someone who got married not as a virgin. I know for me, sex became um almost this thing I felt like I didn't deserve, right? And never because of my actual interactions with God. But, like, you know this. Mm-hmm. Because people made it seem like I did not deserve to get married first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before them. Because oh, I had had God. sex. And, and then, that like... Christian purity culture is... And that will, go. will yoke you up. And it, it, it will really make you feel like he wants her... It's like, but you're the same person who was on stage exhorting, saying that your sin is removed from you as far as the East is from the West. But then the girl who doesn't have, the girl who does have sex is, you know, has lived, decided to live a life of purity um, in a way that she feels is defined by her relationship with, by God. And now it's like, wait, wait, wait. I found that East and West now. I found them sins at the bottom of the sea. I want to pick them back up yeah. and, and shake them before the world and be like, no, she doesn't deserve that. You know, Um, but also I think on the other end are people who waited Mm -hmm. and felt like they were going to get a special prize. (laughs) Yeah. People who waited and were like, listen, I don't know what sex is for you, but I waited and sex is about to be buck wild, crazy. Um, And even thinking about how it interacts with um, how it interacts with pornography, how it interacts with race. Right? That, like, being treated tenderly in sex was something that I was like, huh? (laughs) Right? Like, I'm a dark-skinned woman. I'm supposed to be super hyper-sexualized, you know? Like, like, but that's not who I am. Essentially good for breeding and not good for loving. Yeah, right. And that's just not my story, right? But, like, sex plays such a huge role in our lives because I think that it's this thing that we're constantly chasing. And then, like, when we get the fullness of it, we realize how much of a burden comes with it. Yeah. If you know me, you know I absolutely love my essential oils. That's why we're so excited to be sponsored by Nature's Fusions. Nature's Fusions is a Christian family-owned essential oil and hemp extract company that is dedicated to giving people the tools they need to improve their lives and their natural health. The best part? They're affordable and have a forever guarantee. That means that you can return their essential oils for any reason after any amount of time for a full refund. Use the coupon code COBAYCAMBELL to get 15% off your next purchase. The code never expires, so you can use it as many times as you want. Again, that coupon code is COBAYCAMBELL to get 15% off your next Nature's Fusions purchase. Visit the link in our show notes to grab your goodies. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I mean, I think, so one, like we, as we have the conversation, like let's be very clear. We, we want to try and be as candid and open as possible. Um, you know, Kobe and I uh, were committed to submitting our, our sexual identity to God in every way that we could conceive of. Um, so that that meant like trying to keep it chaste before 
the wedding day, which we had a lot of successes and we had some failures. Yeah. And so we're not like the people saying, like, if you hold hands, like, you're going to hell and nothing. Because we did more more than holding hands, for sure. Uh, But... (laughs) But um, we, we, we definitely were committed in ways that was really difficult, and we know that God honors that. We thought that it was like a, you check the box, so you like you get this prize. It was an exchange. It, it, it was not that. It was not. Um, God said, you thought, have fun. And, you know, and even as um, as a guy that that hadn't really... Well, I didn't, I didn't come into our relationship as a virgin, uh, technically, because... I'd, I'd had sex once before, remember? I told you I'd, I'd, um, I was so guilty about that moment. Oh, yeah. That I, I'm so sorry, guys. Well, we don't in reference my, it. In my yeah. head, I just, it didn't count in my head, but. Well, again, terrible. we don't, because, like, it, it was, to, to put a point on it, I had so much emotional and spiritual baggage around the idea of sex that the first time I did have sex, I know that I had sex. Because I know that the other person was there. I don't remember any of it. My my brain treats it like trauma. Yeah. I remember throwing up afterwards. I remember wanting to commit suicide. And I remember like this deep and abiding shame that like struck me so deep I can barely even remember it. Mm. Um and t- and then from that point on I was I was Wait, I was abstinent. But let me talk about, I, I want to jump into, and this isn't planned, I want to jump into that type of shame, that, that type of visceral shame. That is not of God. Yep, yep, <laughs> Right. Facts, so facts. what he was, and please correct me if I'm wrong, nope, what he was it. shameful of was not that he was out of alignment for what he believed God's plan was for his life. What he was shameful of was the association he made with people who do have sex and how he now felt aligned with people that he was demonizing. Yes. It was I people who have sex of... are terrible, horrible, immoral immoral people who have no self-control mm-hmm. and they just don't love God. And if they loved God, they would just try harder. Yeah. Right? And there was this, this complete and utter demonization of people who stumble in that way or people who don't choose to honor God in that way. Right? Yeah, it There's... was part of my identity, yep. which this happened. So this is why, like, even as I fundamentally believe that all Christians should be submitting their their sexual identity to the Lord in every way, um, I'm not with the implication that premarital sex somehow, um, somehow makes worthless what God has called holy, like the inherent value of, of, of who you are as a person. And um, because I definitely had that, like my identity was in, oh, like I might have done some stuff, but I'm still a virgin. And yeah. that made me feel like yeah. I was always a little better than it. Like it was like it was always a cheat code. Like, <laughs> yeah, you might be smarter than me. You might make more money to me. You might be more faithful, more yeah. generous, all these different ways. But um, I'm virgin now. So, you know, F you. I'm better than you. Like, and that was, it was a huge part of my identity. Uh, and, and while it was wrong of me to do and all of that, God used that moment to really shine a light on how much of my identity I was putting in things that were not him. Yeah. Um, things that made me feel like I got to be God over other people. Yeah. Rather than like, no, nah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just as, like everyone I'm else. just as whack as all of y'all. Yeah. Or I need I'm just as good as all of you guys. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? Like that too. And I think that what made it really hard was the idea that 
someone may have heard what Kyle said about like, oh, I felt so much shame and threw up and been like, oh, that was the right response. Yeah. Like that was holiness. That was God's righteousness. That was God's spirit accosting you <laughs> and, and, and yoking you up and arresting you and telling you to be holy. And it's like, no, that was unhealthy, unnatural shame. Yeah. Well, that I would, was communicated. I would call like demonic yeah, shame. That was, know? yes, that was communicated yeah through religion mm -hmm. right because we don't if if a christian stubs their toe and says the f word or says damn it we don't we don't expect that response yeah. and yet we're called to to you know to have a clean mouth and clean language right yeah, yeah. but like if someone if someone falls in that way what do we do first we empathize <laughs> With with their pain, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I would have cussed too. Dang, that looked like they hurt. Hey, bro, you yeah, you didn't take it far enough, honestly. Like, so you <laughs> you deserve kudos because I would have hit them. And yeah. so, when we encounter people who have different sexual um, perspectives than us, one, it's important for us to empathize first. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's in Luke, but it, Jesus talks to the Pharisees. He says, "Woe to you, you." call out people's sin, you put a burden on their shoulders that they mm -hmm. cannot carry, and you have no plan to help them carry it. Yeah, yeah. You heap a burden on their heads, and you do nothing to, to help bear the weight. And Yep, he says you don't even lift you. a finger. Yeah, and he says, woe to you, Yeah. right? Because so many of us have so much to say about other people's sexual lives and sexual identities, but we have no plan to actually do life with them. Yep. No plan to encounter them. No, no plan to even get to know anything beyond that of them. And we say, oh, like your sexual identity is not who you are. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to give your body to a man. You know, you don't need to sleep with people. Yeah. But then when they do, it's the only thing we identify them by. Yep. Right. And yep. so yep. we contradict the word of God from our mouth with the posture of our hearts. Right. Yep. And it um, reveals that so often this issue amongst Christians and non-Christians is used to to replace God, yeah. you know, like it's, it's very often it can be used as a tool to say, you know what, I am deserving of grace and you are not. Yeah. Like I have authority over whether or not you are good. And because you're yeah. not good. Oh my gosh. Go. Instead of, instead of the reality that actually God is very clear, God judges the heart. Yeah. Now there's a whole bunch of things we shouldn't, shouldn't do. And he's clear about that. But even within that, he ultimately says, I'm always going to judge the heart. Yeah. Some of you will do things with your life that I say to do. And I'll still say, I don't know you because yeah. I'm looking at your heart. Boop. There'll be some of you that don't do the things you ought to do. And I'll look at your heart and say, I know you. Right. So at the end of the day, that's what we're looking at here. But yeah. very often what, what, especially in the purity culture, purity culture, it becomes, die. well, if everyone else around me has done 15 bad things and I've done 14, like I've made it in. It's yeah. like, oh, God's grading, grading on a curve. So as long as I'm better than all the <laughs> all the things other people shouldn't do, like I get to say that like I have reached some sort of level and I'm now blameless in his sight when it's like, no, like you have whatever blame God is, is giving you. Yeah. And so it becomes an identity play. It becomes not only like, oh, this is what makes me good, but more importantly, this is what makes me better than you yeah and a societal a societal power play yeah right that there is a certain aesthetic when it you, you this is terrible for me to say but honest if i'm just being real you can look at someone's instagram or social media and pretty much tell if they ascribe to purity culture or not 
There is a, literally a culture around purity culture, <laughs> right? Like, I must wear skirts down to ankles. <laughs> wow, not you know? caveman talk. <laughs> no, like, literally, I, I must not wear anything other than bright pink and white <laughs> in many different variations, Yeah, right? I don't want to cause so-and-so to stumble, which I think is an admirable which is thought. Like, first I'm not of all, saying that you should try to cause people to stumble, but it's not on you. Don't get me like, started. Like, if I look at another woman uh, with lust in my heart, that's not on her. If she's butt naked, it's my job to acknowledge, oh, that's a naked person, and turn my heart, mind, eyes, and body in the other direction. That's not my naked person. Mine's Don't at home. get me started, because I'd be like, do you know women like muscles? I've never heard a church tell some a man that his shirt is too tight. And yet, I like a good arm. You got good arms. Thanks, babe. I like your arms. Hey. Right? And I've never, I've never ever heard a church say, uh, 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 brother, brother, um, <laughs> that button up is a little tight. Yeah, yeah, It's going to yeah, bust yeah, open yeah. in a second. Can you, can you head home? I, I need you. I've never seen someone drape anything over yeah, a man's there's body. A, there's a hoodie in the back. We'll yeah, there's a hoodie you. in the back. We got you. Just follow me. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 the yeah. Lord is with you. He going to yeah, teach you. We, he going to show you his way. We got to steward our sisters well. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, like, when I learned that you couldn't wear tank tops, on stages because your armpit looked like a what? Vagina? A vagina <laughs> with what? a B. I'm like, who? On and this is what happens when women do not have power in religious structures. Yeah. Just the most ridiculous. Uh, wait, I literally, like, I remember, like, when it really, it was almost a cap sleeve. Mm-hmm. And it was like, but, like, my armpit area was showing. Sis, it's, it's an armpit. It's an armpit. Yeah. I gotta be honest, like, I think you're great. Like, I'm I'm into all of this. But I've never been I've never You never at looked at my armpit and been like, and yep. like yo <laughs> No, that reminds me of cover that up. We got we, we got, got company. we got company. <laughs> you leave me alone. It, it it genuinely blows my mind. But we wanted to share a couple of questions that when we ask people on Instagram, we're gonna be asking more questions. And if you wanna submit a question, uh, my email is in uh, the show notes. So please, please, please do. These are the questions and things that people want to talk about when it comes to the intersection between uh, faith, mental health, and sex. Yeah. So I do want to give a caveat. I'm not a registered um, sex therapist, right? So that means that even though I have um, an idea of how mental health can affect your sexual life, that is not my expertise. So a lot of this is going to be coming from my personal experiences in my marriage, and in um, the relationships that I've had with other people. Um, And a lot of it will be trauma-informed, meaning it's going to be through the lens of my expertise. Um, But I want to be sure that I'm never communicating that this is my space of expertise. Um, Because there are people, hopefully in your city, who do specialize in this. And so if some of our questions and our answers aren't satisfactory, look them up. Look up those people. Here's some of the questions um, or the responses that we got. Um, First, ways to figure out the root of why I turned to porn and masturbation. And that was submitted by a woman. Soul ties. Are they real or something made up? How do you break them? How religious ideals can lead to sexual trauma and body issues. Yeah, that's going to take an episode and a half. Yeah. Sexual expectations versus reality in marriage. Who would have thought sex takes work? Oh, bro. someone who is married. It's like having a, a full-time job, bro. Yeah. 
how religious ideals can affect um, body issues. Got that again. Um, higher desire versus lower desire partner that was submitted by a woman as well. And the reason why I'm sharing that is because it's so important for us to know that these stereotypes um, related to sex are not always real. Yeah. There are women who struggle with master uh, addiction to masturbation and porn. There are women who struggle with sex addiction. There are women who struggle with high libido. Yep. I don't even know if struggle is the right word. The who have high who libido. Have high, libido. Or rather, not even high, just higher than Higher the than their partner, yes. That they have. In relation, yep. The women have lower libido. And so I, I want to make sure, um, obviously I'm never sharing any of these people's identities, but I want to make sure you guys know, like, this is not all what you thought. <laughs> Someone said, girl, uh, um, I just had a convo about this. Overcoming the sex is bad mindset has been impossible for me. So sex is not enjoyable still for me, which is heartbreaking. My mentor and I definitely categorized it as sexual trauma from religious ideals. And this was submitted by a newly married woman. Super common. Yeah. The most common thing in the world, yeah. it, it feels like. Mm-hmm. So, um, in the words of the of the prophet Kev on stage, uh, we're going to talk about oh, it. Oh, we are going to talk about it. Um, yeah. We may not get to every single question. We may not get to every single ideal. Um, but we're going to do our best. And if there's something specific you really want us to cover, shoot us a message on Instagram. Shoot us an email. Um, get the email at um, the show notes. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Until the circle comes back around. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world to us. If you guys didn't know, we just reached the top 200 mental health podcasts in the U.S. and we want to keep pushing. So make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Also, join our Patreon. It's $10 a month. You get mental health resources from a licensed trauma therapist. I mean, it's pretty amazing. It's an amazing family, so join the inner circle. Plus... We dropped our merch. It's been a crazy time, and the slogan, Protect Your Peace, has never meant more. So grab your t-shirt, hoodie, or crew neck when you get the chance, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.